Welcome to Live from Lake Balfour Podcast. I'm Eddie Rossford. Thank you guys for joining us for today's episode. We are going to be having one of our best episodes of the summer. We're going to be talking about an incredible Senior Leagues tournament, which happened yesterday at camp. It was an action-packed day of senior hoops. And here to break it all down with us, we have Danny Silver. Danny, before we get into the actual games, which were incredible all day long, let's first talk about the concept itself for this tournament. Why do you have the idea in the first place? and kind of take us through that perspective. So with the summer being the way it is, um, we wanted to be creative and invent kind of new activities, new ideas, new events for the campers, for up and down all the age groups. And I I don't know how this idea came about, but it was kind of like a two-pronged thing. It was one, we knew we needed to do something different because of the absence of intercamp. We wanted to dress up kind of the program um, and add different events. And two, with uh, Leo Hoffman not being in camp for basically the first... One of the best players. Yeah, who's probably a top five or six player. We wanted to figure out a way for when he entered camp in week five or six, it wouldn't distort the whole league's season. So what I did was I came up with this idea where we would have a normal leagues draft that would not include Leo. And um, we would play a whole regular season where everyone plays everyone and then have a one-day tournament-style day playoff where we do the whole playoffs from 10 o'clock in the morning to 5 o'clock in, in the afternoon. Much like a 14s event culminating in a 4 o'clock championship. Yeah, so it was kind of like a one-day August Madness um, event. And I kicked it to the waiters to see if they wanted to do that. Or if we would kind of just play a normal season and wait till Leo came back and figure it out as we went. And I think it was unanimous that this is what they wanted. And I'm so glad it lived up to the expectation because yesterday was one of the best Baco basketball days that I can remember for a variety of reasons, which I'm sure we're going to get into. So the day was amazing. We had five unbelievable games. All five went down in the last two minutes. The quality of ball was incredible. Individual performances were incredible. We had like amazing moments that we could talk about, like we'll snapshot moments. And I was talking to Jerry Warbury, who's been at camp for literally 60 years. And I asked him if he's ever seen basketball like, like this. He said, never. He said, maybe once a summer we'd get games like this. And we got five of them yesterday. So it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, it really lived up to it. So we're going to provide some perspective here. We have two members of the winning team. The star player, Avi Pellin, here from the winning team, who was electrifying all day in his games. You had an amazing day. And we also have the coach of the winning team, Nate Buckfire here, who was once a great player himself at camp and was the coach that drafted this team, picked this team, and ultimately saw this team through to the winning. So take me through the day for you guys because you guys had a first-round bye. The format of the tournament was a six-team tournament. So... The top two seeds got buys in the first round straight to the semifinals. So you got a, a buy. You played through the afternoon. What was the experience like? Because it was a weird thing how in some ways it felt like 14s and in other ways you were playing leagues and you have, you know, some scrub on the court because it's leagues. So what was that kind of dichotomy like? How Take me through the day for you guys. I mean, it was really competitive all day. All the games, like Danny said, went down to the wire. Um, we knew uh, we weren't going to have an easy road to the finals. We were playing either Beef or Eli first round. So two of the best players in camp, greatest, well, one of the best scorers, Eli. We had to play first game. So um, it was tough. Uh, the team played great. Um, 
I was tired. I know our team is tired, but um, it was fun. And um, yeah. yeah, and even though we had the bye, we played at two thirty. Game ended what around three thirty maybe, and then thirty five minutes. Thirty five minutes later, we're back on the court, right back in the Superdome. Um, Avi was gas. He. I mean, he really played his heart out. I think he, Nate was trying to lobby to get the game at even activity, but I wouldn't let it happen. Yeah. I wanted the game. But that was very 14s-esque or like tournament-esque in that. Because usually for leagues, you have it where, you know, you have the semifinals one day and then maybe two days later you have the finals and you can get all hyped for it. But it felt very intercamp tournament-esque how it all kind of broke down simultaneously. And obviously for the intercamps, you're playing these games back-to-back sometimes, especially when it's at other camps. Uh, we get less favorable draws. So that was a factor in it too. But to go into the actual games, Danny, let's start off with the first game of the day, which had one of the greatest endings I've seen here at camp. Yeah, so the first game of the day was actually the one game where the scoring wasn't off the charts. It was actually like the one defensive battle game was in the of, 20s. of the day. Yeah, it was a low-scoring game. And it went down to the wire. Um, the team, coached by the waiters' counselors, which you know had Justin Rubin, Alex Newman, were kind of the two lead dogs on that team, were playing against Jacob Greenberger and Miles Samuels. And I think Rubin and Greenberger, were, or sorry, Rubin and Newman were ahead most of the game. Samuels and Greenberger uh, tied it with uh, like under a minute, and then Rubin went to the line on what was uh, you know a foul call about. 10 seconds left. Under 10. And yeah, he makes the first, misses the second. So the FEMA and Herald's team, uh, which had Jacob Greenberger and Miles, they called timeout. They had the ball at half court. And in one of the most exciting shots I can remember, obviously this this game is at 10-15. So by the time it ends, third period's rolling. Big court surrounded and it's got a huge crowd and Miles' team is down by one and he hits like a 35-foot Damian Lillard. To, to put it into perspective, yeah. he, they took it out from underneath the basket. They had to go no, like, no, it was out at half court. Half court. Yeah. They, but they had to go pretty far. It wasn't under their own belt. Like, no, they had no, to go no. pretty far. Yeah. And essentially, there was like a weird collision. It was almost a collision with Sammy Zarrett. Yeah. Where they kind of ran. The two players, like Miles was dribbling down the court. He kind of got one of those things where he was still like on the side, trapped on by the side. Yeah, like right in front of the other team's bench. Right in front bench. of the other team's bench. Yeah. And they kind of had a collision. And all of a sudden, he was just open. And he stepped and back he was, and he let it fly. And the buzzer went off when it was in the air. So there was no controversy as to whether it was on time. And it was obviously silent. The ball was in the air. And the ball goes through the hoop. Or aiming towards the lake for those. Or sorry, aiming towards the hill for those that want the visual. He's on the left side, kind of like just past the tennis net of yeah. like of like the first tennis court. It's probably 30, 35 feet. Yeah, at least. And he let it go, and horn goes off, and it goes in, and obviously everybody mobs him. So they win by two, and that was just like the first and That kind of set the tone for it the day. It set the tone for such an amazing day. And um, like I said, that was the one low-scoring game of the day, but that was without question the most exciting ending. When we look back at this years from now, if we ever do this again, that's going to be the shot that people talk about. Um but uh, such a great way to start such an amazing day, yeah. I felt so bad for Justin and Newman. I mean, Newman said after, he was like, damn, like, I wish I locked him. I wish I guarded him on that play. But Yeah, I mean, we've all been beaten at the buzzer. We all have our I wish I would have. I mean, Miles literally had a 35-foot contested, yes. semi-contested shot after running into a brick wall. So. And it was perfect. It was 
Yeah. And at yeah. least at least it wasn't their last league's game. Yeah. Of the year. Yeah. So one thing I didn't say, or I, we're going to have a redraft with, with this league. We'll get into them the back um, end of the later, uh, Yeah, later in the summer where everyone's going to be involved, including Leo. So all these guys at least have a reprieve. So, But I think to get a little bit deeper into the day, so the morning was played out on the big court. As you said, the second game went down to the wire between Eli and Beef. That game was unbelievable, too. Went down to the very end, coming culminating in a final possession where Beef had the ball with the chance to win the game with a final shot, and the possession kind of broke down at the end. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of want to ask Avi this because Avi's, like, clearly a top three or four guy in, in camp. When you watch Beef versus Eli, like, two of your counterpart titans go at it like that. I mean, it was a stars it was game. Stars. Like, yes. It was just one guy after another. Like, what's going through your head knowing you got to play the winner of those guys? But just like, it was so cool to watch. It was like the elite versus the elite. It yeah. was like Ultimate Warrior versus Hogan, you know, Jordan versus Magic, LeBron versus, you know, yeah. Steph Curry. It was like everything. And just from like being at that level, like I was never that good. Yeah. You know, what? what's it like watching those guys? Well, I said I knew it was going to be a hard game. My first round was playing B for Eli. Uh, I knew I was probably going to be in a box of one. I'm yeah. one of them, too. So I was kind of just thinking about that the whole game, seeing how they were guarding each other. From the perspective of the opposing player, though, that knew he had to play the winner of the game, had he, how were you evaluating? Like, Did you want to face Eli? Because he had kind of had less supporting cast. But on the other hand, and as the perspective coach... Two, but on the other hand, Beef has this nasty step back yeah. and he's physical on D. So, like, what was going through your mind from that perspective? Nate and I were actually talking about it, like, during the game. Um, we played Beef once, and it was a really tough game. Like, that was probably our hardest game, I think. Hardest win. Uh, we played Eli first game of the season. I felt like once we like, had Eli, we played good defense on him. He didn't really score that much. The game was pretty much over. They don't really have that many weapons. So, I felt like it would be easier for us to beat him especially with the box of one. So I was kind of hoping we'd play Eli, and it did work out. And and being that Eli was the first overall pick, he just has less help than Beef, yeah. who went fourth. Yeah. No, um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Beef beef is the guy that will box and one you and mm-hmm. do a great job. Yeah. When I was watching that game, like, Eli's obviously sh- had a struggle. You know, he struggled this league season. Um, kind of no fault. To maybe some was his own detriment, but watching him step up and just like prove back up the number one pick, you know, with that crazy performance, they won 46, 43. We did a podcast a few weeks ago with, after these two teams beef hit the buzzer beater. So we knew it was going to be a good game, but I think Eli had a little bit different mindset. He got a little bit more help from Lance. Then he's had, I think he allowed Lance to help him. Lance more. played great. Lance had double he digits. Had a great day. And Eli had whatever, 31, 32 of his team's 46. But usually he would have 40 of the 46. Yeah. So, but Eli got hot late. I think Stu got cold, not cold in the second half, but Stu's best moments are in the first half. And um, had the first game not happened, then would we would have been, been talking about how classic that game was. So that was the morning. I mean, you just had two unbelievable. Heavyweight battles, you know, and and did you and no, you didn't know as the organizer of this tournament, you didn't know exactly it was going to work. But after those first two, even after the first game, but especially after those first two games, like we had a pretty good feeling like this whole setup was going to work out. Yeah, because especially you go from a buzzer beater and then you wheel the next teams on and it's beef versus Eli, yeah, and you just know like this is unbelievable. I mean, the talent up the hill is just so deep, and yesterday was like, like just proved it and. That game, 
it gets lost in all the five games yesterday. That game was a super duper classic. It was just a battle of superstars. And, you know, I could talk about that game forever, but we got three more to talk about. So Eli ended up winning. Um, went down to the last possession. Like you said, Beef missed the three. And, and then I think he had one more chance, and then he didn't get a shot off. He got double teamed. One quick thing. I don't know if the podcast knows this, the people listening. Like, the Ruben, uh, the coach of Eli's team, Ruben, and my team, we actually made a trade where I sent Tucker Press to my team and sent Salty, that's his real name, Leo Saltstein, yeah. over to Ruben's team. Gave Eli's team a little more grit. Gave my team a little scoring. Honestly, that was a great trade. Best swap of the season. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the two trades that were made in this both league, both out. helped both teams. Yeah. The Tucker Salty trade, like you said, so and like then the third guy. Then there was a Newman Strauss for Jacob Greenberger and Ricky Rose. Yeah. That team needed more grit, and the other team needed more scoring. I thought all the trades were great, yeah. and more evidence y- yesterday with how good the games were. So those were the quarterfinal games. And that, that was just set the, up the final four. And that was just the pre-lunch slate. And then to yeah. provide context, it started raining, so the, the afternoon got pushed up to the Dome. Yeah. And then the first game we have in the Dome in the afternoon is we see the team with Miles' team, after it just hit that buzzer beater shot in the morning, has to go play Noodle and Zay, who was the number one seed. Yeah. And I think that it's important to say, like, we have the whole season. Having the number one seed was, was a huge central. thing. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was a crucial. huge thing. Noodle told me the day before that he was so happy he didn't have to play before breakfast or before lunch. And uh, just get and then getting the rest after you win the Correct. first semis was I mean, huge. Forget, but that's and even the forget about the logistics of the timing of it, what these guys had to do in terms of playing the winner of Eli and Beef versus yeah. playing the winner of, yeah. you know, the Miles mm. and... Like, it's an unbelievable difference. That's just how it works. Right, that's how, I'm saying that's how it crumbled, but that difference, I mean, these are the two teams without, these are the teams with the fifth and sixth picks going back to the draft at the beginning of the summer, and therefore didn't have one of those four stars. So watching that game from your guys' perspective, knowing that, you know, obviously you had a game to play, but you might play the winner. What were you thinking in that game? Because Noodle and Zay, the combo together versus, you know, the star power. What were you guys thinking watching that game? We actually lost Miles early in the game. I think Newman was still on his team, though. Um, it was a game we should have won. Was that the... No, you guys lost to Newman and Ruben. No, no. Ruben. We, lost, we also lost to Miles and... Oh, Ruben. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We, we, lost, both, both we lost both of the lowest-seeded teams. Yeah. We beat every other team every yeah. other time. Yeah, so yeah. we beat Noodle earlier in the season. I really wasn't that worried about it. I thought it was going to be... I knew it was going to be a good game, definitely, 100%. But, um, I don't know. Um, watching yeah. that, yeah. that that was another game that got lost in the shuffle. It was a great one. Lost yeah, like, in the shuffle. What was the like, score? The score of that the, so the Miles and Jacob Greenberger game versus Noodle and Zay. Yeah. Noodle and Zay ended up winning forty five to forty, but it was another game that went down to the last two minutes, and Miles put up twenty one. Miles, something happened with Miles this year. I think it was that game against Eli early in the summer where he dropped like twenty five. Where from that point on, he's been scorching hot. Well, he's one of those people that's always had the talent, but he never really put it together where he could assert himself until it kind of feels like that happened. When he played like up, when he played up, because he'd been in senior league since he was 13 years right. old. When he played up, I think he always was, his role was always different regardless, you know, of who he, and who he was with. This year was his first time being like the guy with the guys a year older than him, you know, the guy on his team. And he played incredible yesterday. I think those last two minutes, I think it was like a seven-point game. They were down. Miles was down seven. Next thing you know, it's like... 
Yeah, they're down like two yeah. or three. He was down six, and he had that and one. Yeah. And then I think they had the ball down three, and they and they couldn't get it. But in that game, Miles had 21 for his team, and Jacob played his normal, like, he'll hit key shots, guard the other team's yeah. guy, get a million loose balls. But that game, you know, Noodle and Zay, we talked about this. They were like the one team where, like, their attack points can be more than one spot, you know? Well, Which in real basketball They're the good. only team that had two star players. Yeah. Well, so to go back to your original question, yeah. um, like, so we lost to, to Miles and – was Jacob on the team when we lost them? I don't even remember. I don't think uh, so. I think it was their first game after the trade. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. It was. So, yeah, we didn't really have, like, a winning formula for that yet. Our formula for beating Noodle and Zay was we actually boxed and won Zay with Hillman. And then kind of Avi down low on that box where he can kind of fight Noodle. And Avi actually had 17 rebounds in, in the finals. Yeah. So it worked. And Zay, I think, had under 10 points. Yeah. And one of the – his three was off the tip the of the first play. The first play of the game. Where Hillman wasn't anywhere near him. He's the X factor for them. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Noodle got, I felt like, whatever he wanted. He had a great game. Yeah. He was scoring. But and you yeah. came up to me in the middle of the game. You're like, yo, like, we got to switch to man. Like, let me guard Noodle. Yeah. And I was just like, no. We're sticking to it. Yeah. And ended up working out. It's crazy. Like, I know we're bouncing back and forth yeah. in different games. And I'm like thinking, because I refed a few, a few of these just... I'm getting like mixed up to what happened in which game. But I know that when Noodle and Zay played Miles and Jacob... Yeah. That felt, and I know it's like not March Madness, but that felt like Miles and Jacob after hitting the buzzer beater and then they had that comeback. It felt like kind of like the karma and like the all the C- Cinderella stuff was on their side. They were definitely the But same you got to give Noodle and Zay credit. Like they didn't play a great game in that game, but they took care of it in the end. And, uh, you know, like, like I said, that game was 45 40. I'm sure Noodle put up a double double. I'm sure Zay had double digits. Yeah. And then they, they both had, I believe Zay, Zay actually had 20 in that Yes, yeah. Zay, Zay had 20. So they won that game and as the one seed got the rest to get to finals, which brings us finally to your first game of the day. Your first game of the day. Where you guys played Eli. When you yeah. guys played Eli. So kind of take us through that game. Nate, as the coach, what was your strategy? Because Eli's a player, we know how good of a slasher he is. But he's willing to say that you can force him to take bad shots. So yeah. what was your strategy in that game? My strategy was have this guy, Avi Pellet, just guard him. And Avi has, like, the motor, like, I've never seen before. He just does not stop, especially on defense. And, yes, Eli made some shots where we raise our eyebrows and we're like, how did that go in? But, you know, and then on offense, what did they do? They boxed him with Lance, and we were like... They boxed him with me with Lance, and to be honest, my shots were not falling. I was getting falling. to my spots, but my shots were not falling. Um, Tucker played amazing. Hillman yeah, played so amazing. Tucker, they really Tucker, stepped up. Tucker, Tucker put in points. 20 in that he had 20 game. Points. Yeah, he really saved it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we weren't winning with that. We weren't... Avi, that was the first game all year where his shots just weren't falling. Yeah, and thank well, God... I mean, I, you know, it's always funny the way, like, the you know, like, when you watch the NCAA tournament, it's like, you feel bad for the team that plays Thursday at noon, you know? Yeah. It's like, no one even knows that they're in it. You guys had the exact opposite. Like, all this great basketball was going on all day, and you guys had to sit and watch it. Yeah. And then you finally get to play, and then your shot's not falling. Yeah. You know? Um, it was all right. I started scoring a lot. I think I had, like, 11, 13 points, whatever. Yeah. Tucker was huge, and we pulled away. It was, um, yeah, it was kind of like, to go to your March Madness, it was kind of like, the game that starts at like 10, 15 and a half empty gym in Wichita. Yeah. Like it was like kind of, you did the whole day and then you Except for the fact that it had the two best players in camp. Except it had the two best players in camp, but it was kind of weird. People were missing the shots. But you're right, Tucker, you know, really just came through. And 
Yeah, and the fact that we made that the fact that we made that trade where we sent Salty, yeah. who's just like a defensive rebounding presence. Yeah, they didn't good. have secondary scoring besides Eli, yeah. and we had two guys, other guys besides yeah. Avi, who could put the ball in the net. So that game, a couple things. One, we bring up Lance. You know, Lance spent his morning morning chasing around beef yeah. for an hour. He ate lunch, then he went up to the to the Superdome and chased Avi around for an hour. Yeah, that was like the kind of stuff that was going on yesterday. Like Lance K, who had a great who had had a great day. Like. This dude was just sent out to, to, to guard, you know, that, you know, these like high profile scorers that, and then a guy like Tucker who, you know, box one, not on him, it can run free. It's just like, these were the kind of the, you know, like the chess games that were going on. Yeah, And the, and the league kind of turned into just a box of one game. Yeah. Just box yeah. one, the best player. But that also, I think, speaks to the personnel of the league right. in that you mentioned any how good up the hill is, but it's also top heavy in that you have Avi here, you have Eli Beef. Noodles, like all these guys that boxing one is something that can work. I mean, with Glatzer, I know it was you know, triangle and two, everyone yeah. guard Glatzer, forget him and everyone else in the court. But I mean, you couldn't do that. But you know, at least for Eli, I mean, there were times there were three guys on Eli and everyone times. Else. I mean, his whole season yeah, was yeah, bad. Yeah. He, he played going great yesterday, he had a great game. Eli came, Eli came, Eli played, you know, in this redraft, it'll be interesting to see yeah. how different the order is from the original draft. But Eli did everything yesterday yes. to prove like yes. how good he is. Right. The shots he made in that game, and I know we haven't gotten into like the actual game, but yeah. Splat made that steal and score to make it forty to thirty-eight with like a minute to go. Crazy! It was just another amazing game. Um, but Avi, let me ask you this: as someone else that gets boxed and one that's expected to produce, do you get frustrated? as someone that is expected to put up these numbers and produce when you're just being hounded by whoever the best players is by basically whoever the appointed goon is to just get in your face. Yeah. Is that frustrating to you? Or? It gets frustrating. There are a couple games this season where I felt like we didn't, we weren't scoring a lot, but I had a majority of our points. We'd have like five points besides me. And I feel like I had three guys on top just chasing me around the whole time. It's tough. I mean... When, that's, that's where getting Tucker. Helped. Yeah, and that's right. when you need those guys. When, when Salty was on our team, we were scoring twenty-five to yeah. thirty points. We were a couple yeah. games where we just weren't scoring. Yeah, and we, I we read one game that you guys had before the trade, where I think I even said it as you were running back on defense, where like Abby was like dribbling around, weaving around, moving around, and then like he finally willed his way to a basket. And I, as he's running back, it's like that's the hardest I've ever seen yeah. anybody work for, you know, one one basket. And then you can't win that way, you know. There's a glass ceiling on how that can unless, be. Unless you can. Yeah. Well, but, you know, but Tucker had 20. Yeah. yeah he's right. safe. You know, he's Tucker safe. had 20 in that game. Right. So then to fast forward, so we kind of touched on So we're finally in the finals. We finally in the finals. We touched on it a little already a few minutes ago. But we finally get to the finals. You guys are a little, I mean, you're just getting, hound, but not only are you getting hounded, you're also hounding. Like you had, you're playing both ways. Yeah. How you're getting hounded and then you're hounding the other player on the other team. You're not really getting much of a rest. You get a half hour in between games, but the noodle and Zay thing, they're kind of both good, but they're not the you beef and Eli are kind of in a tier of like wing scores. Yeah. That you don't really get from noodle. Zay is like the streaky point guard, and noodle can go inside and finish, and he'll step out and shoot too. But he's kind of not the ball handling wing that the rest of you guys are. So your approach looks different in the finals. And the final score was close. Like you mentioned, Danny, all the games were close. But I think of all the games, this team, at least in the second half, kind of, they felt in control. I don't know if you guys felt that, but at least 
watching from afar. It felt like you guys sort of were in control the whole time, and they made a run at some point in the game to cut it within three, but you guys kind of felt in control. So take me through that game, your mindset going through it, and like, you, because you guys seemed confident throughout it. I, yeah, we were comfortable, I felt, the whole game. We didn't really, did we have the lead the entire game? I don't think we went yeah, down. Yeah, they a shot right, yeah. right off the tap. Yeah, after that, that, I, I think once you guys took a lead, you didn't give it up. I think yeah. the second half, it might have been down one, maybe once. Uh-huh. Well, maybe, whatever, but yeah. Yeah, they tried a couple uh, different people in the box and one on the, I believe Dylan Siegel started off on me. It started in man. What? It oh, it was Mayo, wasn't yeah. boxing one. And then they boxing one. They, they did a lot. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey's the coach of that team. He did a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Noodle was probably Mickey was switching. Shots. No, he switched defenses and switched, like, who was in the box and what he was in yeah, in, yeah. in the first game, too. Which, like, there's something to be said for that. Um, but I know in the second half, you, you guys took control in the first half. I yeah. felt like whatever you guys were doing defensively, Noodle was centering for jump shots. Yeah. And he realized early in the second half, if he takes it to the basket, he's going to score. And he did like five straight times. And they got it to two or three, like you said. And there was that one miscommunication on their inbound pass on the side where they threw it into Zay. And it was like Zay was cutting one way and Hillman ended up getting like an uncontested layup off of it. And that put you guys up five. I don't think it ever got closer. Yeah. I mean, so going back to that where you said that Noodle had five straight possessions of getting two points. Yeah. Um, I called a timeout right after, and I just said to Avi and Freeman, who were playing down low in the box and one, I just said, when Noodle doesn't have the ball, just don't let him get it. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of changed the tides a little bit. Noodle just didn't really get the ball as much, which helped. So if you're keeping score at home, Avi's now had to do that to Noodle and Eli in the same afternoon. Which is so unbelievable. Two, two totally different players. You know, I was talking to Eli, I think before the tournament, I think we were watching the first game, and I said, all things equal – not a box behind the defender. Like, who's the best at guarding you in camp? You know, with, without the box question. of one behind, so just straight up, man. And he said, and he said, Avi, before he even played him, he said, Avi and then Newman, which would, I, I thought he was going to say Newman because I saw Newman guard him the day before in like pickup or whatever. And I wasn't really thinking about Avi guarding him because I figured usually it's like. Well, you have some Hillman on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Hillman was big for guarding Zay because right. Zay, I mean, in the. Game before that, what he, he dropped twenty, right? Yeah. So. I mean, I also think their team's interesting. The, the Dylan Seagull aspect of it, he is certainly not afraid to shoot. You know, if he's open, he's shooting. And listen, and he played hit, well. he hit yeah. three, he hit three threes. Well. He actually played a good game. But you also have to factor in the fact that if he's getting, if he finds an open look, like that, that's going up before you can even. I mean, that was happening all season, and all season when I was watching them play, I was like, he takes a few too many shots yeah. for my liking. <laughs> And I thought that's going to be eventually what does him in, but he actually hit him. He hit him, I know. He, he had a really good day yesterday. He did. I think if we were making like an all-tournament team, I think he might see like a second team. Uh, we actually talked about that if we were to do an all-tournament team. And I was saying it would obviously be Avi, Eli, Noodle, uh, Miles, and then we said Tucker. I, I think, I think Tucker, that's uh, Tucker. Tucker in a winning, in, in a win, for winning it, having 20 – and he had a good finals too. He had twenty in the semis and a good finals. And I mean, who else are you gonna put on that? Right. You know. I mean, and I also think the key, like your your top four of Avi Hillman, you said Tucker and Freeman. Like that's a Freeman's a classic fourth leagues guy, but a good version of the fourth leagues so guy. So yeah, he's just solid. A solid. There were a few times where he just had some very good box outs, and I was yeah. He does other things. Yeah, he plays and, his role. And and he was good all year for you guys. He had a big game when you played. 
Noodle well, the first time. Noodle, I think that was the game where he had all those eight points short, point. like in the paint, paint shots, like in, in the second half. So, I mean, I just think zooming out of the whole event, yeah. I don't know if we'll ever do it again, but it met all of my personal expectations. I think the only regret that I have, or the only thing I would have changed, is I wish the weather would have been better and the whole thing would have been outside. Oh, would have felt a little more campy, but um, the quality of ball was unreal. Out, was unreal. And I want to give like a shout out to just the up the hill guys. The culture of basketball on campus turned into this like everybody plays so hard and it makes it impossible to referee, by the way, because it's 15, 16, 17 year old kids like playing their hearts out on every possession. And just the, the, the basketball IQ and just the competitive spirit, it's just like all the games are so close because everybody like is so locked in. You weren't seeing that five, ten years ago at that at this level. Yesterday was like the perfect. And I also think the culture of people watching it all day long. This wasn't just people coming in, hopping in for the finals. You said for the Miles game, that was the equivalent of the twelve o'clock game yeah. on March Madness. You know what the the courts? I mean, there's 60, 70 people yeah. watching that game at eleven o'clock in the morning, and then those same kids were at the Superdome six hours later watching the finals the exact same way. Like, there was an all-day event. And the Eli Beef game seemed like a must-see TV. It seemed right. like it was a big event. There was a council meeting, right, when it was getting to the end. So, like, we lost some of the crowd. Yeah. But that seemed like a big time. It seemed like a, a waiter, like, Olympic game, you know? It seemed uh, – it, it, really, it was really awesome. I'm glad it worked out. And I think the waiters who ultimately made the choice to do this, I think it was, without question, the right choice. And then I think zooming out – more again. Now we have a few days, and then we're going to have the second iteration of a new league, which is going to play out over the final few days of camp. What's going to happen when you don't get, get Avi on your team this time? Well, I was saying, like, should I be able to take my pick? Or? Yeah, should you? It have kind a of is this weird thing. There's always a sense of closure at the end of a season because it's yeah. the end of camp, but now it's not. And I think the new draft is absolutely fascinating because we're not, you know, basing things. Usually, the start of the year you're basing on past reputation, hunches from the first two days of camp, how do people look at the beginning, how were they last year, I only kind of remember what they did last year. We just saw it all happen in front of us. And the decisions people make in this new draft are educated decisions. They're not guesses, they're not hunches. And what happens is going to be intentional, it's going to be really just interesting to see. So we're not gonna do like a full mock draft here, but I just wanna get a little consensus about, I'll be like, if you, would you, how would you rate, like, the top players in camp? I'm not going to say stack yourself up with the other people. But, like, zooming out, what do you think of, you know, the beat, like, you guys as a whole? Do you think it'd be interchangeable tiers? I guess that's kind of a tough question to ask. Well, I think Eli's still the number one pick. Dan, I think are you, he's, do you agree with this? Because I think I do. I think leading up to this playoff, there were some doubters. I was stuck to my guns. I kept saying I would go with Eli with number one, regardless of how tough his season was. I agree with Avi. I think Eli is still the number one pick. Offensively, it's, it's just yeah, ridiculous. He's unguardable. It's ridiculous. He's unguardable. And I, and I feel like, and I think Avi and Beef, two and three, I think it'd be ridiculous for anyone else to go second or third. Yeah. I, that's a really interesting thing to be like, let's say Eli goes off the board first. Who goes second and third? Because... I mean, you look at both of you, it's unreal, the production from both of them. 
I don't know how you. How do you I know Beef had a really good season, but how can you not pick up? I agree. I mean, yeah. how, how can you not pick up? And I and I and by the way, like I, I wouldn't be criticizing someone if they took him over Eli. I mean, I would I, yeah, probably no. take Eli, but if I, they took you first, it wouldn't be crazy. I don't know what you think of this, Nate. I mean, you're going to be drafting, and obviously in the draft, so it's, this might be tampering. But um, I think the top four. I don't know if it necessarily goes in the same order, but I think the top four is the I same. Yeah. The Eli Avi. I do think Noodle goes fourth. I noodle went third. No, no, oh, no. Noodle, noodle went third. third. No, noodle yes, went third. But I yes. think in the new draft. Yeah, but I'm saying the top four will be right. the same yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Noodle, I know he didn't win. He played awesome. But he had an incredible season. Yeah. Um, and I know he was the one superstar that had the luxury of having another all star on, on his team. But Noodle was incredible. I mean, and he, all the way down to the finals, whether he had 24 and 11 in the finals or something, or 22 and 10, something think, like that. I think Zay's stock will rise. Z- Zay's stock higher. is up. I mean, it's so interesting. And because Tucker. Tucker's let's stock. Say, okay, so let's say we get those four picks in any yeah. order you want to say. We have this element. Now, I just said how everyone's like kind of a sure thing that we just watch them play. Leo is like, this is like the beginning of the summer type of evaluation for him. Where does he go with this? I think you could justify taking Miles fifth. I don't think that would be crazy, right? So, Nate, as a prospective coach, you get the fifth pick. What are you? What are you thinking? My tier here is after the first tier is Leo Miles. Really? So you're going Leo over Miles? No, no, no. She's just, 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 oh, just tier. Okay, okay. Wait, I'm forgetting one other person in that tier. Oh, and Zay. Zay's in that tier for me. Yeah, I Miles could not have had a better. He couldn't have done season. anything more to prove himself. Miles yeah. is clearly been he's clearly proven himself. That's the bell for all the you, you listeners at home. Um, Miles, I think, is definitely in the top of that next tier. It just depends on who's drafting. Some people like only draft waiters, kind of thing. Leo, you never know. I'm sure Leo will be one of the best defenders in the league. But Leo has traditionally hasn't been a guy that can get you twenty. Um, well, he moves a million miles an hour and yeah. kind of can get out of control. Like, yeah. And if he's going late in the first, you, you can, almost got to look at who you're going to be back. Right. I mean, also, like, I know a lot of times his name isn't mentioned a lot in this podcast, but Alex Newman's another guy. If you yeah. put him with the right teammates, like, yeah. I'm saying he's, 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 he's one the, of the better defenders. He's the, Chris, he's the Chris Middleton of this league. He knows yeah. how he's, to play. But and if you drafted him, you know, he went really high in the first draft, and rightfully okay. so. If you're drafting to be your number one guy, that's fine. But if you can pair him with a Leo, if you can pair him with a Zay, if you can pair him with, like, my, yeah. like there's, as a number two option, it's an unbelievable second option to yeah. have. And, and you brought up that pickup game before the tournament. He yeah. had, like, three or four blocks on Eli. Yeah. You know, when you play with people for years, you kind of get their cadences yeah. and their steps down. He seemed to have Eli's number. Now, once again, Eli's teammates were, like, not great. I was one of them in, in that game. Newman did that to me too a couple yeah. days ago when he told. Yeah, he's super long, and I think he's another guy that is going to be right around that six seven turn. Yeah. I think the one guy, and you mentioned it, Nate, the one guy whose stock I think has risen the most since the first draft is Zay. I think Zay, what he went like, he went, he went like uh, he went late in the second round. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going past. 10, I think the I fantasy, mean, and you know, this is yeah. something that it might not end up as the best team, but I think the fantasy of someone that might have the six, seven turn would be to pair Leo and Zay together to make just a fan. The team would just be explosive. I'm not sure if it would even and work. I, on paper, it, it might not work, but it would be fun. And a little more on Zay. He's 
What's he now? He's four. He's 15. He's 15. So he was 13 when he was last in camp. Yeah. So he came to camp a completely different kid. I did not recognize him. Yeah. And I mean, he bested. Like, he really. (laughs) He really, like, grew over the last two years. And he's also, I mean, I don't think anybody can argue this. He's the quickest, fastest kid in the league. It's not even even close. And he does things every time he's out there that no person in camp can ever do. And he made one move yesterday that I've seen a hundred times this summer. And counselor behind the basket, I think it was Jesse Harwin, just like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I was like, oh, he, he, he's done it twice today, and he did it like three times yesterday, you know? Like, yeah. So I think he's a guy whose stock has risen. It's going to be interesting. I feel like, and Avi's gonna, probably going to find this out, some of like the pairings are going to stay the same. Just the way you when, think. You, when you, some of them, when you predict out who's going to land where, I think some of the early first rounders are going to end up with the same second guy that they had. And, and coaches know, like, the chemistry is yeah. there with certain yeah. pairs. And the other thing, we didn't mention this earlier about Beef's team. Beef was supposed to have Jaden Levy as his number two on his team. And that would have been, now Jaden Levy gets hurt the first week of camp, and he had the replacement. Grant Siegel was great. I mean, Grant got better as the season went he on. Did. I think his first game, he was a little timid. He was trying to play his role. But by yesterday, I mean, he was without question one of but the that being five said, guys on the court. But that being said, Jaden Levy is, you know, not, Grant Seagull's not Jaden Levy. And nor is they trying to, he's trying to be a direct replacement. But Jaden Levy is, you know, a scoring guard that really could have taken his youth. I'm not so sure there's a, I'm not so sure. You don't know if there's a drop. Jaden has a history of being a great league player. <laughs> and Jaden, like, disrupts teams and does yes. things that you don't see coming. Well, it also makes and it harder for Jayden you to box Jaden has always been, yes, because Jaden's always been a great league shooter and scorer. But I, I'm not taking anything away from Grant. I think Grant added something to that team, too. Sure. I, I, I'm a big fan of both of Grant and Jaden. Obviously, Jet Lee was in my waiter bunk. And <laughs> I've known Jaden since he was very young. And... Also, Grant's on my K-House Leagues team, so yeah. I'm a big fan of his. Um, Grant played really well against us, and he definitely brings a different element of defense. Yeah, he's a little stronger. He he's definitely, takes the ball yeah. to rack more than Jay. Right. At and least then, to score. What, Grant or Grant had like three threes against three us. Three in a row against us. Yeah, in the first five minutes. He more he more than proved himself. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I know Jaden's foot, I think he's quite, yeah. he's going to be questioned. And, and the, the one re- more thing... draft will call it The right one now. more thing I'm really interested to see... The one guy we didn't mention that's here is Jacob Greenberger. Jacob Greenberger went fifth overall, and it wasn't a fifth overall where it's like, oh, it's a reach. We did Noodle and I sat in this with these seats, and we did a mock draft. We were like, Jacob Greenberger is the fifth pick. He went fifth exactly how we mocked it. He got traded early on in the season. It kind of, I won't say it was a lost season for him, but he definitely didn't live up to the standards, and I'm interested to see. I disagree. I disagree. I thought Jacob was great yesterday. I know. He I was thought great. Jacob being traded to that team, and they went two and zero. They went three and zero in their first three. But games I think as a him. second option, you know, last we think about last year's league, 2019, when he was on the team with his cousin Eli, he was unbelievable in that role. I think it, if and when he goes in the second round, if you can pair him with a Leo, I mean, if he for a false a noodle, I mean that would be just ludicrous. I mean, I don't know. I there's I mean there's a lot I of people. I think I disagree with you. I, yeah, I, I, I don't I, I'd like to hear what I I mean I know Avi probably doesn't want to rank his bunkmates, but I'm just saying I, I think, think he's I, gonna fall there and I don't I think, think I think Jacob last time we were in camp, like you said, next to Eli was really good. I also think when I saw him last summer at family camp, I thought he was able to score more than Leo did. And I actually thought going into this summer Jacob was going to be more ready to play than Leo. 
just because. So where do you think he's going to go? I'm just saying. He might be in that tier that I said. Jacob, I think, can score better than Leo. No, I do too. And, and I think he has been able to score. It's kind of the thing we were talking about before, where like someone's really good when they're young. It's so hard for us to like untie that yeah. knot. I think because Leo was, quote-unquote, like ahead of Jacob in the pecking order when they were in the lower senior, I think by the time last summer ended, I think, and then we got into family camp basketball and kind of the beginning of the summer, I'm not so sure Jacob's behind Leo. We just know Leo's an elite athlete. Okay, but in the actual draft, yeah. where do you see Jacob going? I think similar. I think he's in that 6-7-8 range. So, but my point is, when he, if he's picked 7, if he's picked 8, as like the second option... If he's paired with someone else, I think he could be fall. My point is, like, he had a season that kind of he got traded, whatever, but we're kind of overlooking him right now in terms of the fact that if he's a sec, if he falls a little because he was kind of under the radar in the season, like, that could be a thing for this last week where he could have an emergence and, like, win as the second option. I don't know. I just think it's an interesting thing to look for. I don't know what you think about me. Um, definitely. He even told me, he said, I definitely think I'm definitely going to fall in the redraft. I think I agree with Danny. He'll probably go in the same area. I don't think anyone's going to pass him in like six, seven, eight, stuff like I that. I think if he he went five, but I think the reason why he won't go five is more because Miles played yeah, Miles. way ahead. Miles and Leo will go yeah. ahead of him. Yeah. I mean, and he's better as the second guy, too. Yeah. Like, I'm not so sure Leo should go ahead of him, but, but he will. But I think Leo will go ahead of him. I also think, of course, it wasn't until the end where, that Miles really took the reins as this is my team. Where he was scoring twenty a game and hitting buzzer beaters and going toe to toe with the best players in camp, whether it be Eli or Noodle or whoever. But Jacob is like the toughness of that team. I wonder like if you, that... you you replaced Jacob with Newman and they didn't win anything. And I'm not saying anything away from Newman. It's just like Jacob brings a different toughness, just like Newman brought skill to the other team. And I just this the, your your number one guy doesn't always have to be. Score like there's a rare occasion where it's not. You just mentioned how the pairings yeah. could be similar. As I'm thinking about the way the draft would play out now, I'm wondering if Miles could go fifth and then Jacob could fall to the eighth pick and they could end up back together again. Yeah, that could I'm happen. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. A lot of the pairings could be the same. Like the Tucker Salty Eli Avi situation could land the same way. <laughs> so get ready. <laughs> it's it's gonna be crazy. So it was an unbelievable day, and we have this whole nother element of a second. League, which we've never seen. I mean, we never really. This is really a first for it all. It feels like stuff. a rebirth, you know. We can like get excited, you know. We can get, get this first week excitement again. The draft's always yeah. exciting. The first week excitement. It's all really exciting. Well, congratulations, you guys, on winning the tournament. It was an unbelievable day. All the games were great, and it came down to the end. You guys withstood the mar- won the marathon basically of the season and of that day. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was a lot yeah, of fun. Thanks, Matty. Of course. So thank you guys for listening. We're going to be here with plenty more coverage over the final two weeks of this year. Basketball leagues. We're going to be talking about all different types of stuff as the summer of 2021 wraps up. So thank you guys for listening. I'm Matty Wasserman signing off. We will see you next time in the Live from Lake Balfour podcast.